Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat, and you're welcome back to Tip Today, 1800-938-007. The text and WhatsApp is 083-311-3311. Legal discussion on Tip Today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mel on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com. And I'm glad to be joined in the studio now by Gillian O'Mahony of uh, Lynch Solicitors. Good morning to you, Gillian, and good to see you today. Good morning, Fran. Um, we're going to talk about the cheery topic of divorce. And I suppose, that, let's begin, when, when can you apply for a divorce, Gillian, just for clarity? So at the moment, the law is that you can apply for a divorce once you've been living separate and apart for a period of two years. This was reduced in the last number of years. People might previously mm. remember it was four years. Now it's two years. And that two, you don't necessarily need to be living in two separate houses. You can live separate and apart under the one roof. Mm. And do you need to prove that in some way? And if so, how how do you prove that? Typically, there wouldn't be documentary Mm. proof. It would involve people essentially telling their story to the judge. And really, it comes down to intention. Are you living together really as flatmates? You know, separate bedrooms, you know, separate finances, not cooking for each other, not washing. And that's really what what it will come down to. Mm. What about the division of assets then? I mean, how how is that decided upon, for example? It, it seems like a simple question, but it's not. There's there isn't a simple answer to it. There, I suppose, the division of asset depends on quite a number of variables, and there are many variables, and there are different variables in every single family law case. The law is not that clear either, in that the law does not say it's a fifty-fifty split. Mm. The law simply says that there has to be proper provision, and in in arriving in as in what to determine what is proper provision, the law sets out there that there are criteria which the courts must must consider. So examples of the criteria are accommodation needs, how you know once the parties go their separate ways, how are their how is accommodation going to be provided for both of them and the dependent children? What are their financial needs? What are the financial resources available to each of the parties and to the family? What was the standard of living before they separated? What are their age? What was the duration of the marriage? What were the contribution? So they made by each party. So they're the type of things that a court will take into account. Um, you might you might notice that I didn't mention conduct. It's very rare for conduct to be taken into account in determining who gets what. We have a no fault divorce mm. system. Conduct can be taken into account if the conduct is gross and obvious so if it's so bad that it would be unjust not to take it into account. domestic violence I guess. It it depends on the extent of it. For example affairs don't, you know, are not taken into account. Unlike the American system Yes, absolutely. We have a no-fault system. Mm. Okay, so infidelity does not play a part in in, in this in in, in some way. Um, I'm just wondering as well in terms of like all the information has to be out there for the judge to make a decision I guess what, what if you withhold like bank accounts and uh, or amounts or valuations or that yeah and I can't say that that doesn't happen because that obviously does happen a lot mm. of the time so we have a case progression system which means before you get in before the judge you go through case management with the county registrar so there the court can make 
make orders directing each party to provide their bank accounts. We will analyse bank statements. We will see if there are transfers going to other accounts. And I've had this before. If one party refuses to give their bank statements, we can actually get an order directing the bank to to provide us with the bank statements. And, and that is something which I've had to invoke previously. That's very interesting indeed. And what if one spouse decides, oh, I'm going to blow all of the money, I'm going to spend it all um, mm-hmm. ahead of... What what powers do you have about that? Yeah, and again, that's something which, which I've had to deal with. You can go into court if, for example, somebody is blowing an education fund or money that's specifically set aside. That's different to somebody spending their wages and shopping. Mm-hmm. But if you have a fund that's there specifically to provide for the family or to provide for the dependent children, you can go in and get a freezing order, which is essentially like... An injunction whereby you will get a court order whereby those monies are frozen until the conclusion of the family law case and that gets served on the bank so the bank the bank frees it then what happens with the the family home has to be the big one Gillian I suppose and you know in a divorce situation with children involved is it always the 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 person who has the children will get the family home is that is that the way it works no not necessarily it again it comes down to proper provision and if you look at accommodation both parties will have accommodation needs as will the children so in some in some situations for example the family home there may be sufficient equity in it that it can be sold and both parties can be rehoused in proper accommodation and if that can be done that can be done um, if if that can't be done and if for example you have a family home worth let's say 200 to 250,000 if you were to sell it there wouldn't be enough money to house both parties mm, so mm. the court and we as the solicitors have to look at the options and one of the options there which happens quite regularly would be that whoever the children are living with would perhaps continue to live in the family home both parties would continue maybe to contribute towards the mortgage and then once the children come of age, either 18 or 21, then the family home can get sold and divided between the, between the spouses. So that's one way of looking at it. Mm. But it ultimately comes down to as well what's what's in the best interest of the children. And is that paramount? Is absolutely. That, is it yes, all, absolutely. always? Yeah. Yes. Um, tax implications? So there are, there are tax exemptions for, for inter, inter-party transfers of property on foot of a divorce. So if the divorce order says the family home gets transferred to one spouse, that's essentially tax exempt. So there's none of the stamp, none of the taxes that would typically arise, such as stamp duty. There's no stamp duty arising. There's no capital gains tax arising for the spouse transferring the property. And there's no capital acquisitions tax, so CAT arising for the spouse who gets the property. So that's that's on the basis that it's part of the divorce order. Okay, but I guess the allowances that you'd have if you're living uh, together wouldn't be applicable then, will they? The tax allowances. Well, you... if you're if you're a spouse, interparty spouse spousal transfers are t- are typically tax exempt. But here you have parties who are divorced, mm. so they're no yes, longer spouses. Yes. So if the transfer of the property is provided for in the divorce order, you can avail of exemptions which are in the legislation. Right. If it's decided by the court that a property should be sold and and one spouse just won't sign the, the necessary papers, which I, because, of course, there's a lot of anger and stuff involved here, and that might be the case. Have, have you come across Absolutely, that? Absolutely, I've come yeah. across, I've had to deal with that quite recently, and it's actually something that we have to deal with quite regularly. So the way we get around that is you would look for either if it's, if it's an amicable divorce in your terms of settlement, or we would ask the court for an order directing that the county register can sign 
in lieu of one party refusing to sign. So we can, we, you have to prove that you've written to the spouse, you've done everything to get them to sign the paperwork and then you apply to the county register asking the county register to sign the transfer papers instead and you'd be surprised at the amount of times that we come across that. Right, because of course, I mean, the human condition involved in these things, there's, there's there, as I said, there's anger and there's... Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So there, there are ways of dealing with that as well. Can you do a faster... I mean, if both parties are in agreement and amicable about it. Can you fast track it in some way? Oh yes, absolutely. So you can you can issue your consent. To, you still have to go to court. So if everything's agreed and everything's amicable, you still have to go to court because it's only the court can give you a divorce. The court has to essentially pronounce you divorced. The court has to still, even if it's a consent divorce, the court still has to ensure that there's proper provision. The court has to be satisfied, you know, that both parties know what they're doing. There's been full disclosure. But you can issue consent divorce proceedings and you can ask for the court to to list it at an early date. So that whole process from beginning to end can just take a short number of months and it's far cheaper as well. It's interesting because we were talking earlier on to a gentleman, a supervisor on the male advice line and it came up again, it's come up on the show in the past as well, that there is that perception, Gillian, that men do worse out of legal situations that involve kids, for example, or separations or divorces. Is that your experience? No, I suppose ultimately it's the court has to decide on what's proper provisions. So the court has to decide what is proper for both parties. So the court does not does not necessarily have to provide more for the male or more for the female. Mm. But I suppose in the context of perhaps guardianship, the, the mother, if the parties are not married, the mother is an automatic guardian, um, whereas the father in an unmarried situation is not an automatic guardian unless they've lived together for a requisite period. Oh, right. So I suppose that is one thing where certainly perhaps fathers are on the back foot because they may have to go and look for guardianship um, if they're not if they're not married or they're, they haven't lived together. And with guardianship come certain rights, such as the right to be involved in education, the right to make decisions on generally the child's upbringing. So I suppose that, that could be one angle where the gentleman was speaking about. I'd, I'd love to know your opinion. I mean, you speak about the American situation where conduct is taken into mm-hmm. a, to account and that's not the case here. Do you think we're the better for that? Absolutely, because when when you're coming before the court, the court isn't, you know, parties are not getting into the box, the witness box, thrashing out what happened. It's 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 essentially down to, to the finances. And at the end of the day, if there are children, people have to move forward. They're still going to have to parent those children. They're still going to have to attend communions, confirmations, graduations, weddings and all of that. So it's in nobody's best interests to be airing all of that if, you know, when it when it's of it's of no relevance in our in our system. All right, very interesting indeed, Gillian. It's always good to see you. Thanks, Thank thanks you. very much indeed, Gillian O'Mahony there of Lynch Solicitors in Clonmel. It's uh, coming up on uh, sixteen past eleven. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie